0: Hey, I'm Austin. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Give a listen as we continue our teaching series, A Little Town, where we look at when God breaks into your world, we need to give respect. The third Advent candle is now lit, which means that we're close to Christmas. As a matter of fact, you only have nine more days to complete your shopping. So are you ready? I've actually put together a list of the signs you may not be ready for Christmas. I want to share these with you. Here we go. If you're still snacking on Halloween candy, yeah, you may not be ready for Christmas. If you've yet to wear a bad Christmas sweater, you may not be ready for Christmas, And I've seen a few more bad sweaters, and I think they're getting worse. They are. If you haven't purchased a gift for your pasta, (laughs) if you haven't lost it on a Target employee yet, you may not be ready for Christmas. And if you haven't quoted Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life Yet, you may not be ready for Christmas. Mary. Let's shake the dust off this crummy little town and see the world. Mary, that's my best attempt. <laughs> yeah. So I hope you're having fun with the Advent season. This is kind of a unique time, though, because there is so much that is happening. And the busyness of the season and the drive for more can distract us. And so I hope that you've had some time just to think about how incredible God really is. And throughout this month, we've just been diving into the story. And we've been taking a unique look at the different places and the different people that make up the Advent narrative so that we can discover this. When God breaks into your world, I mean, when God arrives, when God comes... When God shows up, there's something that we should do. When God comes, there is something that all of us should do. And what is that? It's a fair question, don't you think? When God breaks into your world, what should we do? Well, here's what we've talked about so far. In week one, we said, when God breaks into your world, listen. Because he's speaking to you. He has something that he wants to share with you. And so be ready to listen. Last week we said, when God breaks into your world, share. Because this story was never designed, it was never intended to be something that we kept on the inside of us. It is designed to be shared. And so when God comes, when God arrives, when he breaks into your world, share. Here's our statement, our big idea for today. When God breaks into your world, respect. And that's the word that we're going to think about today. When God breaks into your world, respect. I want to investigate the Advent story from the perspective of a very powerful man. His name is Herod the Great, and he was the ruling authority when Jesus was born. And by ruling authority, I mean ruling authority in all capital letters. He was large and in charge. There were no questions and there were no doubts. He was a big deal. Herod had notoriety and authority and clout. He was the man. He was a big deal. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Joseph the earthly father and the earthly caretaker of Jesus. And he was just a common guy from a small town. Joseph, not a big deal, not at all. Last week we talked about the shepherds and they were unliked and unclean and unwanted, but yet they were the ones that the angels sang to. And they were the ones on the scene to see God in the flesh for the very first time. And then they went back into the village and they began to share what they had seen. The shepherds, though, just common people, they're no big deal. Herod the Great, he's a big deal. He really is. He is not from a small town. He grew up with privilege. Everybody knew who he was. Herod was a big deal, but he had no respect for Jesus. And because he had no respect, he was actually a small man because when God breaks into your world, it is just time to respect. Herod was filled with fear. And that fear did not drive him to the manger. That fear drove him to hate the arrival of the one who could save and deliver. Herod let fear reign when God broke into his world. The paragraph that we're going to unpack today is found in Matthew chapter 2. And here's what God's word says about all of this. Verse 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And we're going to pause there because it's very easy to kind of pass over that and miss the significance of what's happening here. So Jesus is born in this particular area and Herod is the ruler. He's the man. He is the one who's in charge. He is the king. And what is it about this guy? What do we know about Herod? Here's just a couple of thoughts about this guy. First of all, he was brutal. Herod was a brutal man. For example, he made his 17-year-old brother-in-law the chief of priests. And the reason he did that is because if you were a priest at that time, you couldn't be the king. And Herod was absolutely threatened by everybody and anybody who had some level of authority. And so in order to keep his brother-in-law away from the throne, he made him the chief of priests. That wasn't good enough for Herod. He was still intimidated by him. And so he invited his brother-in-law over to a pool party. You know, the Romans and their famous pool parties. And so the brother-in-law came and there Herod had him drowned. Nice party, huh? And that's enough right there to kind of creep you out. I'm not so sure about Herod. Maybe we should avoid him. Let's stay away from him because he's brutal. But there's actually more. He murdered his second wife, his uncle, his mother-in-law, and another brother-in-law. He just started to liquidate his family. He was brutal. There's more, though. After being awarded the kingship, he went out and he found the 45 individuals who supported the other guy. So the kingship was between Herod and this other individual, and Herod won, he became king, but Herod knew there was this other guy, and so he went online and he found all of those who contributed to his campaign. He finds them and says, look, I don't think I like you because you like the other guy. And so today is the day you're going to die, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to take all of your stuff, it's mine, and that's what he did. He didn't stop there though. He found the Sanhedrin, which was a religious ruling body at the time. And he killed all of them but two because he was intimidated by their authority. And if that wasn't enough, he later went out and found 42 Jewish men, including a bunch of rabbis, and he burned them only on a rumor of defiance. Like, I think you may have a problem with me, so today you will die and I will burn you. He was brutal. And if that's not enough to land Herod on everybody's nutcase list, he actually then went out and he killed three of his own sons because he suspected them of treason. Look, I know you're my son and I love you and all, but you might take my throne. So today is your day to die. And that's what he did. This is a brutal individual, and this is who is on the throne. This is who the ruling authority is on the day that Jesus was born. He's brutal. But there's something else that we discover about Herod, and that is he was paranoid, absolutely paranoid. And I think being brutal and being paranoid probably run together because if you had any shot at authority, Herod was kind of tipped over by you. And so if you could potentially get to the throne at all, it was time for you to run and run fast or at least avoid pool party invitations to the palace because Herod was out for you. It's likely that when Jesus was born, Herod was in his 70s. And history tells us that he was not a healthy man at this particular time in his life. As a matter of fact, four years after the birth of Jesus, Herod dies. And so you've got an older man who's not very healthy and he knows it and he gets it. There's no doubt he knew his time was somewhat limited and all of a sudden there's news that there is another king who is coming and he's just been born and he's young and he's got a lot of life in front of him. Not a good day for the palace staff because they knew that somebody was going to die as a result of this news. This is Herod. He's brutal and paranoid. Today we've lit the candle of joy, as it is traditionally called. And you've got to think about what's happening here, because when Jesus was born, he brought joy into the world. I mean, a lot of hope, a lot of happiness, everything changed. He was the joy bringer. And on the other side of that, you have an individual who was the joy taker. I mean, when Herod walked into the room, he just sucked all of the joy right out of it. There was going to be no joy in that place. And so you've got Herod, the stealer of joy. And then you've got Jesus, the bringer of joy. And all of this is happening at once. This is the scenario that Jesus was born into. Back to verse 1. About that time, some wise men from eastern, eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, this is not what Herod needed to hear. Again, he's freaked out by people who might take his throne and along come some authorities, some wise men from another land, and they're like, look, we've seen a star, and we know that this new king is here somewhere. There's a new sheriff in town, and certainly you know about him. Where is he? We want to worship him. Well, you can imagine at that moment that Herod moved from crazy to cracked up, nut crazy, to... I'm Herod, and I hate everybody in the world crazy. Very, very quickly. He just walked through all three stages, like, what's happening here? There's a king, and then we read this, verse 3. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. You see that word disturbed there? It means an inward commotion, as if Herod needed any more of that going on on the inside of him. But he hears this, and this commotion begins on the inside. There is a lot of turmoil there. What's interesting about this is it says that Herod was deeply disturbed, as was the entire city of Jerusalem. I always thought that was interesting. Like, why wasn't the city happy? I mean, the bringer of joy is here. It's Christmas. Jesus has arrived. Well, here's why. When Herod is disturbed, everybody is disturbed because they know, oh no, look out. Herod's not very happy. Somebody is going to die, somebody's going to pay the price for his unhappiness. Verse 4 He called a meeting then of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law. And you know they had to be thinking, all right, we're the first ones that he called. You know that it's lights out for us. This is not good. So Herod calls this meeting and he brings in the priests and the teachers of the law. And he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? On Bethlehem in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least, among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Herod's like, well, that's very interesting. Let me call together the wise men now and have a little time with them. And verse seven says, Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Lied Herod. Verse nine. After this interview, the wise men went on their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star... They were filled with, say this word, church, joy. There it is. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's just a whole lot of respect that is happening here. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, the blue route. (laughs) For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. All right, so that's what God's word says. Now, how do we use this? How do we apply this? What do we take away from this? I want to go back to our big idea which says, when God breaks into your world, respect. It's the one thing that Herod couldn't do. He just couldn't do it. Or at least he chose not to respond that way. He chose not to respect. He missed it. Don't miss God breaking into your world. Don't miss when God knocks on the door. When God tugs at your heart, don't miss that. And so here's takeaway number one. It's for those who aren't exactly sure about God. Like you're just not there. You don't really believe in him. Or maybe you're here and you're interested and you're kind of kicking the tires, but you really haven't trusted in him alone to save you. That's just not something that's happened for you. Well, I want to say this to you. Don't let fear keep you from giving yourself to the one who can complete your life. Okay? Don't let fear keep you from giving yourself to the one who can complete your life. Maybe you don't believe in God and you're just not there, but you would probably believe and agree with this emotion called fear. Believing in God? Trusting in him and not adding anything else to that. Obeying him, following him. That's kind of a fearful thing, especially when you've been used to doing that on your own. But maybe it's time to just take that fear and allow that to drive you to God's love for you. Don't let fear cause you to give up on knowing God. He loves you more than what you could possibly imagine. And he wants to break into your world and give you purpose and passion. It's why angels sang. It's why shepherds explored. It's why wise men gave gifts. It's why. It's why. Don't miss it. Takeaway number two is for those who have already trusted in Christ. You've taken that step and you can remember the day when you said yes to Jesus and you know that moment and you can feel that and that's fresh in your memory. You just know when that happened. Here's takeaway number two, and that is raise the God awareness factor in your life. If that's you, if you've trusted and you can remember the day, then raise the God awareness factor in your life. Just lift that up a little bit. Raise the temperature on that. Raise the God awareness factor. Let me ask you this. If you've trusted, like that's happened for you, has that gotten a little old? Has it become kind of routine and normal, like it's no big deal anymore? Like it once used to be a big deal and you used to get fired up about that, but now you're just kind of walking through the motions and it's normal, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe you've taken the gift of Jesus and you've kind of just shoved that into a closet. You have it and you believe, but it's back there. Or have you allowed the wonder of God's love to be placed in the basement of your heart where it is now simply collecting dust? It's time to raise the God awareness factor. And would you just allow God's love to kind of overwhelm you And that it came to you and to me as an imperfect person. Because that's what we all are. We're all imperfect. And would you allow God's love to just ignite that passion in you again? Would you allow yourself to be humbled by the fact that God did all of this to clean up our mess? Advent for us. And God did this to help clean us up. So how do you actually do that? How do you raise the God awareness factor? I'm going to give you two simple ways. Two practical, easy ways. First of all, don't neglect the God we celebrate by staying out of his word. Just don't do that. See, we're celebrating him and his arrival and his coming and often what happens at this time of the year is we kind of allow all of that stuff to push us away from God's word and we'll save that for a later date like the new year, then we'll get into it. But I think the challenge is if we want to raise the God awareness factor in our life, we have to discover what he says and we find that right here. So don't neglect the God we celebrate by staying out of his word. Not sure where to start? How about Matthew chapter two? How about Luke chapter two? How about John chapter one? And just immerse yourself in the Advent story. So stay focused on time with God. It's not always convenient. It's not always comfortable. And we don't always find immediate answers, but stay disciplined. It can be painful, but the pain of discipline costs far less than the pain of regret. So don't neglect the God that we celebrate by avoiding him in his word. Open it up and know that that's gonna raise the God awareness factor in your life. And it will be real. Be real. Here's another way you can raise that. Share. Again, this whole gift of Jesus was never intended to be kept on the inside. We are supposed to share it. We're supposed to give it away. Yesterday, we had a great group of people participate in our love day. It was just kind of an amazing thing to see so many people come and sign up for an event and then go Serve and love and practically be the hands and feet of Jesus and share Him with others. And if you were able to participate in that yesterday, I hope that your awareness of God was raised to a level that you haven't experienced in a long time. You just felt that and it was a good thing. See, when we share, when we give this away, it just raises that factor in our life. Last Sunday, We talked about sharing, and we had 100 books for you guys to give away. You take the book and share it as a gift with somebody and then invite them to come to Valley Point and fill the chair next to you, and we had 100 of these books. And quite honestly, I didn't think we'd give them all away. I didn't. I thought, we're going to have some left over, and that's fine. It's still a good idea, but, you know, let's try it and just see what happens. Well, not only did we give all 100 books away, but people were mad that they couldn't get one. So shame on me, right? So this week, we got 100 more books. And I don't know if 915 took them all. If they did, then you guys are out of luck. But if there's some books out there, I'd encourage you to go to the Just For You area and ask for that book and give that away so that you can share See, there's something about putting a tool in the hands of somebody else and then inviting them to come and experience this with you and waiting at the door for them to arrive that just raises our awareness of God and it's time to do that and this is how we respect. It's how it happens by not neglecting the God we celebrate and then by giving it away. In this story in Matthew chapter 2, There are some wise men, their leaders, their authorities as well as Herod. And there's no doubt that they also had some fear in their lives as well. Fear that this is all a hoax, we're going to follow a star and find a king. What is that all about anyway? And maybe people will laugh at us and think we're not very wise Maybe it's not a safe trip. There's no doubt that there was fear in their lives, but yet they allowed that fear to drive them to the manger. And it's there that they offered up all kinds of respect for the one, the King, Jesus. They were willing to share. And I know this is kind of a Christmas cliche, but wise women, wise men still seek him. They do that unapologetically. So raise the God awareness factor in your life. Step back in this season and stoop and look again into the manger and see the one who is worthy of everything that we can give him. And just know that when God arrives and when God comes and when he breaks into our world, it is time to respect And that's where the joy comes. Wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, wherever you're at, when God arrives, respect, respect, respect the one. Father, we're so thankful for some time to, Look at this amazing story in Matthew chapter two that speaks of your arrival and your coming. And God, there was a ruling authority in this day who had no respect for you. He missed it. He missed the whole thing. And so God, I pray that as we're here right now, that you'd help us not to miss it. Help us to think about you, the one who came to clean up our mess. May that penetrate our hearts. God, may we be overwhelmed again with your love for us as imperfect people. And may we be amazed that you came to help us, the bringer of joy. I'd like for you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. For you just to talk to God and say, God, I think this is what you're whispering Into my heart right now. This is what you're saying to me. With your own words, from your heart to God's ears. Just talk to Him about that right now. Maybe you're here and your fear has caused you to push God away. So maybe right now it's just time to take that fear and allow that to drive you to the manger to the one who came and loves you and wants to give you purpose and passion just cry out to God tell him that you're trusting in him and you want him as your leader and your forgiver you can do that right here he'll hear because he came for you and he wants to bring joy into your life he'll meet you right here maybe that's something you've done already you've allowed this story to become kind of old and doing the God thing is just another item on the list. Would you raise the God awareness factor in your life right now and tell God that you'll not neglect him in his word and that you'll do everything you can to share because when you engage in those activities, the God awareness factor is gonna go way up, way up. So God, we just thank you for this time. Would you help us to respect? Would you help me to do that? Would you help everybody here to do that? To stoop once again and honestly look at the manger and be overwhelmed by a God who came for us to clean us up, And may that just drive us to enjoy the advent, the coming of your beloved son. It's in his name that we do pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 915 and 11 a.m.